Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, the podcast where we're looking back at Game of Thrones an episode at a time and flaying it much like a Bolton would flay a man. I am Chris Bolton, with me as always the Mountain, Mr Mark Williams. Hello. Uh, And we're into season two, episode two, The Night Lands. Yeah, um, I I came to this episode... um, that's what we rewatch every week um, for various reasons I haven't been able to so I've only watched this within the last hour so it's relatively fresh wow um, but yes this, this could this will go one of two ways I've made no notes because I thought well fuck it I've only just seen it I'll be fine but now I'm struggling to remember running order and stuff so we should be alright excellent well I have made notes this week I've got substantially more than last week um, okay I feel like not a great deal more happened I just had more to write about I think um, yeah, that's that's probably right. I mean, it not there wasn't a great deal of uh, import this week compared to last week. Um, so yeah, let's let's dive in. Yeah, I mean, well, we open where we ended last week, really, with with Arya and, yeah. and Gendry, um, and the very first thing that jumped out at me in this episode, which I've had to make a note of, um, there is a scene between Arya and uh, is is Darken, isn't it, or Draken, Draken Hagar, Darken Hagar, something like that. Draken, Draken, Draken Hagar. Yeah. Jacket, that's it. Jacket, hang on. Right, there's a scene between Aya and him, right at the start, and um, yeah, I don't know. Is he from the fucking Ronda Valleys or something? Because I'm not entirely did you sure. Catch I thought it that as well. well. Boy, I was trying to work out where boy. the accent was from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was trying to work out, and then um, you had the the other guy who was in the cage with him, um, and he was just very low, but his accent seemed to be a bit all over the place as well. Yeah, I mean, it, and just. Yeah, it was just it's weird. Bizarre. It just it, it's very strange. Fucking reminded me of Windsor Davis. He went all in off hot man on his yeah. boy. Lovely boy. Lovely. Yes. Come <laughs> over here. Come over here now, are you? Uh no no sit there. Let me tell you now about how you're gonna get me out of this cage in it, love. Fucking hell. Like this this yeah. isn't a normal thing, is it? Like I don't remember. No, and I, I the only the only Welsh character I remember is uh, Miss Cast is Craster. Yeah. Like, but all of a sudden, so, yeah, the, Josh, he got like, "Oh, come here, lovely boy, come here now." Well, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was quite funny. Um, but it was it was as, as as an opening scene. I thought it was better than last week's. I thought it was a bit. I'd say I picked up from where we were left off last week, but it felt like it was a bit more of a, a logical place to start an episode where you're out you're out on the road, and you know, time kind of passed without really you know. Without having missed anything, whereas the opener of the last episode said it felt a bit disjointed, but I thought it was a pretty good scene. Um, again, you start sowing a bit of uh, a, a bit of discourse between um, between Arya and um, and Gendry, which is a good thing as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I just thought it was a pretty a pretty solid opener, to be honest. Yeah, it was. I mean, we jumped back and forth um, a, a little bit with some of the other storylines here, although all within the same scene. I mean, yeah, we get some good stuff between Arya and, and Gendry. We also get. Um, it's some of the the king's guard showing up to take gendry away um yeah and it's something weird that that's mentioned that i don't think is ever followed through whether it's just a an idle threat here or not but there's kind of insinuation that the night's watch don't have to answer to the king um i, I yeah, think the line is of. something like we're the night's watch we're above kings and queens or something um, Something like I, that. I'm yeah. not and sure it's, that's it's consistent of... throughout the show because several times we see the Night's Watch sending ravens for for more um, more soldiers. Well, we get it in this episode, don't yeah. we? We get it in this episode. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I'm but not it's sure. it's not. 
I don't think it's so much that they they don't then they are not answerable. It's just a case of look, no, the people the people of the Night's Watch they're already the lowest of the low. They're already the worst of the worst. So what are you going to fucking do? They're already on their way to their death sentence. To be, they're freeze to death in the north. Yeah. Why do they give a fuck if 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 you're here anyway? They're not. No, they don't. They're not going to listen to you because it won't make any difference. So I I kind of read it that way. That not that they were there above the law, so it's just that the, they didn't really give a fuck. Yeah. Um, and if you think of you know think of the uh, the uh, the three animals in the cage. And also, you know, not everybody knows, and we don't we don't know yet what they're in there for. We've just been told they're the, you know, they're the ones that can't be trusted to be let out. If shit goes down, you let them out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So I mean, you know, it was it was never really going to be what no, and it's never going to go any other way. And the fact that I mean, there was quite a nice um, shot where Yoren and um, the the two gold cloaks are there, sort of chatting, and Yoren's like like a shaver spider's ass with his knife and all the rest of it. And you just see them all sort of converging. All the um, all the the boys were going off to the wall, and they're just there, and they've all got the sticks and shit in their hand, and they're just getting slightly, slightly closer, and edging in and edging in, and you think. Oh fuck! Now this is going to kick off in a minute. You're going to have a proper rumble here, and then obviously they just chicken shit out and fuck off. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, so yeah, that that's all good stuff. I like all of the stuff we have at the camp here. Actually, we get. I'm not sure whether it's right here or whether it's we come back when we come back later on. But we get some more stuff with Hot Pie as well. Who, that's that's later. Yeah, for as much as he <laughs> doesn't really add much to the story, he's always good fun. Um, he's entertaining, he isn't is, he? Um, yeah, he's, he, I still maintain he's got some of the best lines in the show as well. Um, punching him in the dick until he's dead, or whatever it was. Is... Yeah, Kate doing the boss who was <laughs> dead, and I mean, we'll, we'll come to the scene, the, uh, the other scene he's in later on. Um, but yeah, he just has this sort of childish innocence, doesn't he? Whereby somebody's told him something and he believes it, just absolutely must be true God's on God's honest gospel truth because somebody somebody told me and they were knights so it must have been true because knights don't yeah, lie yeah it's hilarious and it's just oh bless yeah, him it is hilarious so poor, poor little fat fucker yeah um, I, I like hot pie <laughs> but then um, speaking of great lines um, we, we cut to a scene with uh, Tyrion Barris and Shay um, now I don't know. Is this in the script? This fish pie business? Is this in Because I get the feeling this is just the three of them fucking around. No, that's um, that's a callback um, to season one where he's confessing his sins at the eerie. He says he jacked it into the into uh, fish pie that he then got Cersei to eat. I completely missed that then because obviously I was following the line of fish pie being a euphemism for shaved yeah. vagina. And Varys being pretty much useless in that regard, so I I assumed there was there was some inkling of it in the script, and like they are just absolutely making a meal out of the fish pie innuendo, like it's practically a carry on film here. It, um, it, they, they could, you could read that into it as well. I, mean, I, I didn't read that into it because so because there's the callback to earlier on, and it's you know, the the thing of him you know, jacking it into a, into a pie and then you know, not telling anyone and Cersei eating it. Um, but yeah, you, you know, that may well be another reading. I think it, it lends itself to both of those sort of equally. Um, the thing with this scene, right? Early on, because, you know, I, I know it's because you know, winter hasn't come yet, and it's all you know, it's all japes and shits and giggles. Tyrion is always fucking whistling. Yeah. He, he whenever he enters yeah. a room, he's cheerful, he's happy, he whistles a little working song, and then he gets all serious. I mean, and it's 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 hilarious because. You know, Seeing some of the faces he pulls as well when he's trying to be menacing and trying to be a bit, you know, a bit stern, it's fucking hilarious because he's like so small and, and minuscule and cute and whistles everywhere. I mean, he's he's a dwarf. Yeah. 
Uh, he is a dwarf. So, you know, he's, he's one of the seven yeah. dwarves. That's how he's he's got to be happy, surely. Uh, well, he's, he's happy or fucking. I was going to say he's he's probably screwy or something, isn't he? Or I don't know, <laughs> spunky, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Him again. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But as a scene, I quite like it. I mean, it was, it was a good scene. It, oh, with whenever you go, um, again. We talked about with Littlefinger last week where they sort of they talk in riddles and shit like that, and Varys is equally good at it. Tyrion shows he's not above it either. Yeah, but but Tyrion kind of he he plays the game for a moment, and then one of the things I absolutely liked about this scene was was Tyrion's kind of hard out on it. In that by the time they reach the door and Shay's out of earshot, Tyrion is fucking through playing. There's no more riddles. He just yeah. flat out calls Varys on his bullshit. I think the line is something like. Uh, Ned Stark was a man of honor, and you will find I am not something like that. Yeah, um, it just yeah, that that was it, and it, that was what I liked about the scene. So it was so it's so light, it's so breezy, it's so fun and jovial. But then there's a little exchange at the door where it's um, no, I'm I'm not Ned Stark. I understand how the game is played. Oh, Ned Stark's a man of honor. I'm not. Yeah, fuck about again. I'll have you thrown into the sea or something like that. And the, the the exchange between the two of them is absolutely again. We talked about Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey last week. Again, this um, this scene with um, Conley Hill, absolutely fantastic, absolutely spot on. The tone is right. The the delivery is pitch perfect because you get the impression the two of them. The, the, there is this sort of mutual respect. There is this sort of almost admiration and a kind of fear as well. They kind of know what the other's capable of. Yeah. But neither of them is willing to back down, and it, it's played absolutely perfectly. It is, yeah. It's a great scene, and it comes, as you say, straight off the back of all the fucking around, all the ue misses with the fish pie, and then it's like wallop. No, here it is. We're we're going to get serious yeah. quickly. Um, very nicely yeah. handled. Uh, again, as as everything always is with Peter Dinklage. To be fair, um, yeah. Then you know we we stay with him for a bit. We get some small council stuff as well. There's mention of the White Walkers finally. Um, <laughs> For the first time this season, yes. Uh, again, as with last year, um, instantly dismissed as no. Um, was I think it was Cersei's like, oh, you spent one night at the wall and come back uh, a true believer in in snarks and grumpkins. Um, yeah, and yeah, again, it's just one of those where it's like, well, you might not be taking it serious. I may not believe it myself, but there's um, there are things beyond the wall, be they wildlings, be they monsters, whatever. And the Night's Watch is all that's up there. So if you know. If they're asking for more men, it's not because they're just bored and don't fancy some extra meat. It's because they need them. And straight away, he's very, he's very, he's down to business. It's right. Okay, well, you might not believe it, but this is what we need. This is what you need to know. Yeah. And at the moment, people aren't listening to him, which obviously becomes a, a great contrast to one of his last scenes where he talks about uh, in, in the series where he talks about how everybody listens with all the clever words he says and all the rest of it. Um, so yeah, it's it's, a, it's again, it's another good scene, especially between the two of them where. Um, again, so, you know, Cersei's very much dismissive. She's 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 right on point as as, as her character, and then we get you know, we get later on um, again with the sort of scene between the two of them where it's just there's there's very little to fault in either of their deliveries. Even the dialogue doesn't seem as clunky, even when it's quite forced. And it's just no, it's it's just another good example of how well they can pull these sort of scenes off and how well they rescue them sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the scene is fine; it's just functional. But yeah, the two of them yeah. um, elevated completely. And, and incidentally, Snarks and Grumpkins, um, mm. both of them just—is uh, it just me or do they both just sound super cute rather than scary monsters? Yeah, they sound like Smurfs. Uh, yeah, a, a Grumpkin especially sounds like I don't know some cute little cuddly thing I think so it's kind of like a troll or an ogre where yeah. you're just thinking oh bless it it's going to be a, I think. It's, it's like a, a treasure a, troll or something 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not no, it's not anything menacing. No, it sounds like something out of fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, but to be fair, I think that's the idea. I think it's kind of it belittles them, it diminishes any sort of yeah. It's 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 the monster under the bed. Yeah. Um, and and we we've, we even had that in the last season with um, with old Nan where she's telling Bran the ghost stories and all about the you know about, about White Walkers and hounds or spiders as big as hounds and shit like that. No, it's it's, it's it belongs in that sort of story. No, it, it doesn't have any basis in anything that people will believe in. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair enough, I suppose. Um, uh, so yeah, th- this scene comes to an end with it with another nice juxtaposition. I, I feel like I-, I mentioned last week about how much more confident the writing is becoming now, and yeah. and you can see it here as well. We get this this beautiful juxtaposition here, which which comes from the writing um, of Cersei ending a scene by telling us of the brave men of the Night's Watch, sarcastically though it is. Yeah. Um. She she makes mention of the brave men of the Night's Watch. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut straight away to them on the road, and this is where we come back to Hot Pie, and he's telling a story about... No, it's not Hot Pie, actually. It's, it's later on, that is. We get back to John and Sam and everyone else, and they're telling a story about farting when you die. Um, yes, that's it, yeah. And, yeah, it just goes from this juxtaposition and this image of these brave, powerful you know, knights to having a conversation about, I hope I don't fart when I die. Um, yeah. It's just great. But, and it, 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 it's 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 obviously it's done for comic effect, but it's it's even stronger because the first thing you see when you go into the scene is John sharpening his sword. Yes, it's a it's a it's a, a really tight close up with the on the on the stone as it's being pushed down towards the edge of the blade just to sharpen it, and you get that, and then you go into the scene about farting when you die, um, and then. Sam goes and uh, spoils it all by uh, no, it's not Sam. It's the other one who goes and spoils it all by spotting the girls walking around, um, and then yeah, it goes downhill from there. Really, yeah. I mean, I I thought it was it was a decent scene. There's a lot of very oh, the, good. The scene is good. It's yeah. just the, the conversation. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 totally. There's a lot of very good comedy in this episode. Um, I think yes, it's probably the episode I have laughed at the most thus far, including last season as well. There was a lot of very funny moments here. Yes. Um, and, and that, as I say, I think that comes with confidence. You know, they're not afraid to, to have a bit of lightness here, it seems. Um, yeah, and again, I think that, that comes with the confidence of the writing because like, for everything we had last season, like, even, the, even the bits that were supposed to be funny kind of landed very hard because there was so much around them which was very dense and very difficult to digest. Here now, they've, you know, they've the the storyline they spent the most time on last season. The uh, the you know, the, um, the Ned following the button on Ned trying to find the bastards and all, that's gone. But instead of trying to fill that with another storyline, they've kind of gone. Oh, we can eke out our time a little bit more with other people who we've already established and kind of make them a bit more normal, make them a bit more um, relatable. Yeah, it definitely works. Yeah, it, it definitely does round the edges. Yeah, you get far more time um, with with each character, and that means you kind of you have more chance to engage with them, more chance to actually find out what they're about. And that doesn't hurt. No, that that really does help help move things along a little bit. And because of that, you do get a bit of lightness. You can have a bit of humour, a bit of comedy, because you're not co- trying to cram so much into every episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and the show is definitely stronger for it. There are, there are still some mm. very questionable things in this episode, particularly towards the end. Um, we'll come on to those yeah. when we <laughs> get there. Um, but in the meantime, yeah. fucking... Direwolf shot, gratuitous direwolf shot at that as well. Ghost is fucking yeah. huge now. <laughs> He's a monster. Yeah, but again, it's fucking hilarious. I mean, this this bit of uh, this bit of the the, the the scene, because for no, again, we've you know, we've seen Gilly walking past, and she kind of looks like she's a bit a little bit lost walking amongst all the men, and 
all of a sudden you hear a little bit of scream and uh, Ghost is there and Sam is straight there. Now, of all fucking people, Sam is there playing the hero. Ghost, no. Ghost, fuck off. Go yeah. away. Leave her alone. She's not food. I think she's got like a squirrel or something in her hand, isn't she? So she's kind of asking for it because she's holding food. Um, but straight away, Sam straight at no. Ghost, off you fuck. Yeah. And fair play to Ghost, off he fucks. Yeah. I, I end mean, of story. He's a dog at the end of the day, isn't he? I know they're wolves, but... He is a dog at the end of the day. Dogs are stupid. They do what they're told. Um, so, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. Off he, off he fucks. Um, but it, we do get more mention of, of Craster's sons here, um, which will come back yeah. around by the end of the episode, sort of. Um, but, yeah, this, this yeah. is the start of the whole Sam and, and Gilly storyline. Um, and it's already yes. quite sweet. They, they've barely met each other, but they're already quite sweet together, to be fair. Yeah, and, and like, I mean, they, they do really well... Um... John Bradley and oh, what's her name Hannah Murphy Hannah Murray um, yeah they, they, they do very well they, they do a very good job of mooning over each other and making the doe eyes and all the rest of it and not really not really knowing what they're doing and doing that sort of bit where you kind of see it in lots of uh, lots of sort of teen dramas and stuff whereby they kind of don't know how around to be how to be around each other it's really awkward and really shy and it, again it's 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 a very good dynamic and as we go through the show I think their dynamic changes a bit and it doesn't work quite as well in later series but certainly, I think in this in certain this series where they they first to get you know, they first have any interaction together, I think they get it absolutely nailed on again. I think we we talked in the last season and in, even in the last episode about how things don't seem to quite fit and don't seem to fall into place. Mm-hmm. These two kind of do, yeah, um, for no other reason. It's just so bloody awkward and so almost it would be tragic. And you just kind of you you rooting for them, but knowing the show is you, you expect expect one of them's going to beat them decapitated by the end of season I mean, you, you totally expect Gilly to be dead by the end of the episode to be fair don't you um, yeah because she's talked because no, she's talked to Sam and to John yeah uh, and she's a woman and we know what the attitude to women is like in this show so <laughs> oh we'll, we'll get to that in a bit as well fuck me oh yeah oh fuck yeah we will I've got a lot on that this week for multiple <laughs> characters um, yeah but it, I mean in the meantime well actually no it kind of starts here we, we get back to uh, to Daenerys and Jorah, and we see a horse rock up without a rider. Well, yeah. Before that, I mean, is it at the end of, this, of that last scene with um, with Sam and Gilly, or is it a later scene where they approach Jon about getting her away? That's later. That's later. That's later. Okay. Um, yeah. So I only watched it an hour ago. I can't expect to remember. I'm stuff. pretty sure it's later anyway. Um, yeah. I, I, it, as I wasn't quite sure, but I mean, it's, it, we'll we'll cover it at some point anyway. Yeah. I, You'd have made a note about it somewhere. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, basically, whenever it comes up, they go and see John and say, "Help, Gilly." And John is still smarting from his his beat down last week. I think um, from moment kind of says, "No, don't be so stupid." I think he is, but I think as well, I think he's kind of learning from that. So I mean, yes, he's licking his wounds a bit that no, he doesn't want to do anything else stupid. Um, but he's kind of learning as well. It's like, okay, well, what what am I expected to do? No, we, I I know I can't I can't go against Craster. Because I've already been pulled on that one once, and we you know we are guests. We we will you no. Know, we're going north, but at some point we have to come back south again as well. We may end up back here. So what are we supposed to do with her? We can't take her with us. We can't. Um, we can't. We can't hide her anywhere. So why would we take that risk? And I think he's again. He's starting to grow into that more responsible role where he understands the bigger picture. He's starting to understand the bigger picture. It's not just yeah. Okay, you can. You, there's what's obviously right. Mm-hmm. But then there's the greater good, yes. And I think he's sort of started to see that side of it. And obviously, that with John, that becomes far more important from season sort of 
five and a half onwards. Yes. Um, but yeah, they, they go and see John. Of course, he eventually comes around. Um, but they, they go and see John initially to try and sneak Gilly out, and, and he basically tries to talk Sam down. Um, but yeah, then we end up back with Daenerys. We see a horse rock up without a rider. Um, Jorah goes up and inspects the saddlebag and, of course, finds the severed head of the chap that Daenerys was clearly fucking last week. So, at this point... Yeah, although some other bird was far more dis- uh, far more upset than she well, was. Well, yeah, I was going to bring that up as well. Um, so, uh, so, at this point, we've established that basically fucking Daenerys on this show equals death at this well, point. Yeah. Um, obviously, there will be people that back that trend as the show goes on, but right now, you... Not many. Yeah, you go near, you go near the fucking dragon snatch, and you die. Simple as that. Um, that sounds fair. Jorah should really count his fucking blessings that he gets blue balled so much. That's all I've got to say. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, he'd be dead by now otherwise. Um, well, to, to be to be fair, he almost you know he almost died enough times without shagging it. So. Yeah, imagine if he had dipped his wick. Jesus, um, he'd have a far, a far, he'd have probably died quicker and had a far, a far less, uh, a, a far less painful existence because of some of the shit he had to go through. I mean, let's be fair; he's old enough to be a dad anyway. She'd probably have given him a fucking heart attack. Like, well, that, that means fuck all on this show. Uh, yeah, true, true. Um, oh yeah, we'll fucking get onto that shit as well. That's perhaps the worst thing about this episode. Um, so yeah, um. We get we get this scene and yeah, there's there's a woman who's clearly more upset with this guy's death than Daenerys. So either she wasn't fucking him, which I strongly believe she was, or she was fucking someone else's husband, or this woman is very upset about just one of her fellow clansmen, tribesmen, tribe. They're a tribe, aren't they? They're a tribe. They're a tribe. Um, they're a car. They're a Carl, aren't they? No, they're a, they're a Kalisar, Sorry, but yeah, I mean. Any one of those three, potentially more than one of those three, can apply. But it's just one of those that okay. Well, she kind of, she clearly doesn't care. She's no, she's not that bothered about the fact it's no said blokey. I think his name Rothkar or something like that. Um, she's not that bothered. It's his head in the bag. Uh, but then when this woman gets upset, she she immediately reverts to Daenerys mode, which is that I won't stand for this. Somebody will pay for this. Some fucker's gonna die. Yeah. No, she um she asked Jorah who did it and he said, Oh, could it be this Carl or that Carl? And then none of them will take too kindly to a woman leading the Kalasar. And her immediate response is, We'll get the bastards. I, they will be punished for this, they will pay for this. And again, every week we talk about Daenerys and the butthurt fanboys who don't know who don't see later events coming. It's fucking here, it's signposted. She's got the, this this, this fucking vindictive vengeful streak a mile fucking wide. She's gone fucking full Charles Bronson already, and we're only on episode two of season two. She's like, no, yeah. I'm gonna kill the motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, um yeah, it's, it's always been there. Um so yeah, that's that's I think that's about all we see of Daenerys this episode. Yes. Um and then, then we move on to Theon Cunting Greyjoy. Oh, what a um, fucking dickhead. Who right He's bigging himself up. He's clearly setting himself up for a fall. But of course he I, is. I'm all here for it because any time Theon gets to fall flat on his face is a good fucking time for me. Um, but his attitude towards and and this is a show where there's questionable attitudes towards women at the best of times. But Theon's attitude towards women here is just absolutely disgraceful. It stinks. I'll buy it because it fits the character, but. Fuck. Yeah, but given the fact that he was basically Ned Stark's bitch, 
You'd think he'd have a bit more fucking respect. You would think so, wouldn't you? Um, but the way he talks to this, it's the captain's it's daughter. It's the ca- captain's it? daughter, yeah. And that she's got some issues as well. That she clearly has some fucking daddy issues. Oh, clearly. But Jesus, the way he speaks to her, like just utter trash. Oh, it's <laughs> absolute contempt. It really is. Yeah, it's disgraceful. And it's like, well, okay, well, put your cock away then. If she's that fucking lowly, Jesus. Yeah, if, if she repulses you that much, don't fuck her. Yeah, you know. But you know, that, but again, that's not really in keeping because I think, given that you no, know, he has, he's, he, I think there's a very there's there's two part two potential sides to Theon, which I, I can't work out. I think I know the answer. That he's either incredibly narcissistic mm-hmm. and believes his own hype. Or he's incredibly insecure and constantly talking himself up to try and hide that. Oh, it's definitely the latter. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's just one of those that either way, he just doesn't endear himself at all to anybody. It's a complete and utter cockwomble, as we've said many, many times. And he's still not at his peak cockwombliest yet either. Um, no, he's not. I mean, he's an absolute wankstain, to be fair. Yeah. Um, he's on his way there. He's and- getting to peak cockwomble. Oh yeah, it's, I think it's at the end of this. By the end of the season, it's the end of this season, I think, isn't it? Yeah, if if not the end of the season, so the early next season. Yeah. But yeah, what an absolute cunt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the the whole thing, and it was a I that's it was a very uncomfortable, um, a very uncomfortable watch this one because you go you have this scene, and if this was in three D, oh Jesus, that la- that the last the last shot of this scene, she'd be in your fucking living room. Jesus, yeah. Um... Um, no, I've always advocated 3D porn. I think it's a great idea. Um, but that maybe possibly made me change my mind, that idea. Yeah. It, because, rock. I mean, yeah. Rock. Um, speaking, yeah. <laughs> speaking of ick, um, Jesus Christ, Littlefinger Pervin on the brothel, is that's just creepy as all hell. Yeah. Now, this this scene, I mean, I'd, I remember we talk, we've talked a few times about sort of scenes in two halves. Yeah. And... Um, this again. This this next one is one of them, and I remembered the second half of the scene, but not the first. I'm glad I remember the second half because it sh- it's again it's a bit of character work. It's quite nice. It does a oh, job. It's excellent. I've actually written this is an excellent little finger scene, but the first half is just the first half. I wanted to rough. Yeah, I completely wanted to just blow chunks all over the place because fuck me, that's it's horrible. It's just, just disgusting, isn't it? Um, I mean, it's it, it, again though. It's it's titillation for the sake of it. There's no fucking. There's no reason for it. it. Doesn't do anything. It doesn't serve any purpose. Well, I think it actually detracts from his character as well, because yeah. you know, we at the second half of this scene, we get this excellent veiled threat. Yeah. Um. That that he piles onto one of the whores, and it and it works because he is a businessman and he is conducting a business, and these women are objects. Yeah, they're, they're property, and we've already seen him being very conniving very mercenary yes. um that we saw last week whereby he's not really in the, the the brothel is a source of income he's not really interested in that. he he's interested in power and think all the way back money. to the to the worst scene ever think all the way back even to play with her ass yeah and things like that and and the way he delivers it in a very directorial businessman way he's not getting off on yes. it he's teaching them how to make money um and yet here he goes all Norman Bates all of a sudden. Yeah. I don't get it. It's not in keeping with anything we've seen from him so far. No, it's not. It's it's not. And, and I don't, I'm not entirely sure we see it again either. As we go through, we may, we may realize I'm wrong. But yeah, it just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to fit at all. No. 
Now, the second half of the scene, um, he's distracted from his perving by um, some shouting or some crying, and big old punter comes out and complains that he's barely touched a girl and she's crying and that's not what I paid for. Yeah. So, okay, fine, we know we'll get to that in a minute. So he drags another whore over, wipes the cum off her face. Excellent. This was excellent. I full-on lolled as she basically snowballs the guy. <laughs> yeah. He just wiped the cum off the side of her mouth and set her, her at him and says, this one will look after you. Again, like, business-like. Okay. You know, it's like being in a restaurant. It's like being in a restaurant, you send a dish back to the kitchen. It, it's amazing. Just like you send a dish back because, I don't know, there's, there's something on there you didn't order. So you know full well they're just scraping it off the plate, yeah. sending the same plate back out. And <laughs> and he's just done the same thing. Out she comes, wipes her mouth off, yeah. and she's got a tongue straight down the next guy's throat. Yeah. Excellent scene. And, and that's it. It's, it's entirely, yeah, it's, as I say, it's business. It's just, this is the commodity we're selling. If that one won't do it, this one will. Off you yeah. go. And, and I think oh, so then he goes into into the um, the boudoir, the chamber, whatever it is, where Roz is there, crying her eyes out over a dead baby, which as we saw in this show last week, dead babies, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, it's, we, we've we've seen with Roz a few times that there's a she's she's quite she has a human side to her. You know, she she can be quite businesslike, she can be quite direct, but no, she does have a bit of humanity to her. And then this you know, this baby getting executed has really shaken her possibly well, we don't see the mother again so maybe maybe it shook her more probably did but no Roz is the one we focus on so she's there crying and the little thing comes in he's very concerned he's very um, he's very um, compassionate he seems very compassionate seems very um, very affectionate but as you said it's this failed threat of this happened before there was a girl who wasn't happy and when she wasn't happy she was costing me money so I basically sold her off into bondage and didn't give two fucks about it and he doesn't know. It's very much, yeah. This is what I'll do to you. So fuck your fucking ideas up, or off you go, and that'll be the end of you. I don't care because you are costing. You know, it's not good for my business. Yeah. But it's done in such a way. Again, it's each. You know, I'm I'm your friend. I'm looking out for you. This is in your interest. No, it's not. It's entirely in, in self interest. And but no, the goodness of heart, he did. It does give her a night off to read for a dead baby before she comes back to work smiling, and. Yeah, it's, again, that this side of his character, I think, is again, it's, it's what we what we saw last week with when he's in that exchange, when he has that exchange with Cersei. This is the character we expect him to be, not, not looking through fucking uh, peepholes and watching watching people get uh, watching watching people get oh, have unfortunate things done to them by prostitutes. Yeah, and yeah, it's just one of those. It's just yeah, it's that first half of the scene just doesn't fit again. No, uh, just again, prime example of you know, and I've been quite complimentary about the writing so far this episode um but this is where it starts to turn a bit it's a bit like a mirror of the last episode this one uh where that got better towards the end yeah this is where this one starts to turn yeah and just gets like that is a stupid stupid move there's no need for the scene it adds nothing just just yeah. cut that first half of the scene just fucking get rid of it to be fair you don't really need any of it no you it's don't it's just to give a little thing of something to do no it's just to have him in the episode yeah and I mean there's no need to do that at this point either like we don't see Rob or Jamie at all this episode you know we're starting to get a bit more confident with that now um, you know in that we don't have to see everyone every episode but you know nevertheless the latter half of the scene was good character stuff a little finger so don't fuck it up like well, yeah exactly just leave it alone but anyway why should we expect anything less there was an opportunity to be a bit fucking outrageous and pervy so of course they took it uh, yeah I mean we get some tits on screen yeah. so why not anyway moving on it's Podrick in the next scene 
Yeah, now this is the first time we've seen Podrick, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is. Quite a low-key introduction as well, to be fair. Um, But, yeah, I was quite surprised to see him. Um, I knew he was in this season. I remember that he started here as kind of Tyrion's serving boy or ward or whatever. They are squire, I guess. Yeah, he's he's page, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, he showed up and I was like, oh, yeah, of course, it's Podrick. So that was quite nice. Um, Had fuck all to do other than pour wine very badly, but... Yeah, and I was going to say I, I I'd forgotten because I mean he's he's always fairly useless throughout the entire show, but I'd forgotten where he started from. I'd forgotten that he was I knew he was with Tyrion, but I'd forgotten why he was why he was there. And yeah, I'd forgotten he was just so fucking inept he couldn't even pour a, a, a cup of wine. Um, but yeah, it kind of sets him up quite well. As I say, it's low key. We don't really expect a lot of it. The fact he's name checked means he's probably going to pop up again. Yeah, and lo and behold, he will. Yes, but again. This 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 scene I think was great. I think it was really well handled, um, and I think that it shows. I mean, Tyrion said earlier about you no, know, he he understands the game better than Ned Stark did. Yes. And we there's lots of been lots has been alluded to about his you know, his his brain and his you know, his ability to talk and his ability to think. We've not really seen it up until now in in a sort of political sense, and all of a sudden he's here in this role as hand of the king, and by fuck he's going to do the job. And he's straight into it. He's he's really playing at it, not playing politics straight away. Well, you did this, you did this. I'm I have a move of my own. Yeah, I mean the way he deals with the the head of the king's guard here is is just fucking excellent. He just flat out deals out justice, kind of blindsides him a yeah. bit. They're having a nice wine, just like he was with Varys, and then turns on a dime and just lays down the fucking law flat out. Um, and then of course when things get nasty, plays his ace hand. Here's Bronn behind him to back him up. Who's now we learn the head of the Kingsguard. Um, yeah. Now again, that was a, that was a nice one. Um, I think it's the City Guard, not the Kingsguard, and that's right. I think yeah. that's slightly different. Because he, yeah. But yeah, again, it's one thing you'll say with Bronn. Bronn just fucking pops up. He just emerges. Yeah. And he's a fleet of foot, motherfucker. Because I didn't, I didn't see him come in. No, but that is consistent. You know, it's the same when we've seen him fight. When we saw him fight near the the Moon Door as well. Um, you know, and and his whole th- he just need, he just is where he needs yeah, to be. He's just a rogue, you know. He he'll get where he needs to be, and he'll get there without you noticing. If he wanted to, he could have had a knife in the guy's back before he even knew he was there. So yeah, we get this. We get a great exchange between them at the end of the scene as well. Um, you know, typically in characters well, where Tyrion says to him, you know, if I if I told you uh, to to kill an infant, yeah, without question, would you do it? And he says, no. I'd ask you how much. Yeah. Um, which again is just great character stuff. Yeah, it's it's great. And it kind of says, and again, the one thing before before we move on to the next scene is that with um, uh, so I think Flint, um, one of the the head of, the former head of the uh, city guard, his um, Slint, his name was. Um, his thing, oh, I've I've got friends at court. I don't know they won't stand for this. I've got friends in high places, and Tyrion tells him outright, they're not your friends. Yeah. You you served a purpose. And now your purpose is served. They will turn their backs on you straight away. And I'm fairly sure we never see him again. So, no, again, it just some shows that he, no, Tyrion understands this far better than anybody anybody believes that he does. Because, he, again, he's always overlooked because he's a dwarf. Because, you know, nobody takes him seriously. When, in fact, he's probably the cleverest fucker in the, in the entire show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Like, he's he's playing the game properly from, from day one, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, then I believe next we're back with Gendry and Arya again, um, and it becomes evident that, that Gendry doesn't really yeah. know what's going on and who he is as such. 
Um, he doesn't know why he's being hunted. Um, just he needs to go. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> of course, he thinks that um, that everyone's looking for Arya and not him. And he just beautifully downplays the delivery of this line where he throws it away. It's like, why are they looking for you? Did you kill someone or is it just because you're a girl? And he just yeah. drops it dead and walks off. Um beautiful yeah. delivery I absolutely pissed myself quite possibly the funniest moment of the episode yeah I think this is the second half of the scene where you had hot pie yes. at the beginning where he's talking it is. Talk, he's talking yes. about um, he's seen you know, you know so they've seen um, the, the blonde one whose name I can't remember says oh if they come back I said we give him up and it's only Gendry they want and hot no, I, I don't want to see I don't want a battle and Gendry um, hot pie's oh I'm not afraid of a battle when have you seen a battle oh, outside the tavern I saw a guy stab another guy in the neck and this whole this whole story again, it's 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 the sort of thing a ten year old would say, that obnoxious shit would say, because they're trying to prove a point, even though they know it's bollocks. And then you get this whole thing of no, well, it, it is a battle because they were in armor. Well, that doesn't. Who told you that makes a battle? Well, a knight. How do you know he's a knight? Because he's in armor. Yeah. And it's this whole thing. It's just this childlike wonderment of everything he sees around him must be fucking awesome. He's like the guy in the Lego Movie. Yeah. Everything is awesome. Everything's brilliant and everything's magical and wonderful because somebody told him it is. Not because he feels it, not because he believes it, just because somebody told him. And yeah, it just sets him up to be an absolute fucking idiot. Yeah. But he is hilarious. Yeah, and he just cuts him down to size as well by saying, well, I sold armour and not everyone that bought armour was a knight. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it, it, it shows Hot Pie's sort of stupidity that Arya no, Ar- says, well, Gen- Gendry was an armour's apprentice. And then, so he says, "Oh, just because they, you know, just because they were in armor doesn't make them a knight." How do you know? Uh, I used to sell armor. You thick fuck. Yeah. Now that's that's what the line was missing. Was you thick fuck? Yeah. Because he clearly Arya has just told him. Yeah. You know, exactly why he knows. And so then, yeah. So then they walk off, and then you have the exchange between um, between Arya and um, Gendry, and it's quite interesting. Actually, I've, I I forgot about it when we were talking about it earlier, but. It's quite clear. Arya played her hand, or she revealed herself, or revealed too much for herself far too quickly when the um, when the guards came. Yeah. Because this whole thing, oh shit, they're after me. She, she automatically inviting questions. Yes. And again, all she needed to do was disappear off behind a fucking tree somewhere, and wait for them to pass. She knows that um, Yoram won't sell her out, mm-hmm. uh, and won't let anybody else sell her out either. So all she needs to do is stay. No, if they are after her, stay low, stay out of sight, and she'll be fine. But she gives herself up. And okay, it's it's only Gendry who's there. And it's only you no, know, it's only him that she she reveals anything to. But she she plays the wrong part of her hand too soon, and all of a sudden, he's like, oh, okay, well, that's information that's probably going to be useful at some point. And then obviously, when it turns out they're looking for him, she's relieved, and he's thinking, well, hang on, what have I done? There's two threats now because yeah. well, a, what have I done? They're after me, but also, what have you done? What that they could also come after you because if they come after you, they might remember they're after me as well. Yeah. So it was a bit of um, a bit of a strange move, and like Arya at the moment, she's a child. Yeah. Um, and she again, she has a great line as well. Um, and she, I think Gendry says something about you no, know, do you always pick fights with like you shouldn't always pick fights with people who are bigger than you. And so I'd never fight anyone. Yeah, everyone's bigger than me. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was again that's perfect, and that she's still growing into this role, and obviously she will become a far far bigger character and a far more important character. Um, but she's she's sort of finding her feet here a little bit. But in later seasons, she would never make such a boneheaded move as to as to draw attention to herself the way she does in, in these two scenes. One, that she attacks the guy in the cage with a stick. Um, yeah. And again, she she has to back away. She she has to retreat almost. When Gendry says, you're supposed to stay away from them. 
Yeah. Um, and then obviously she she reveals herself with the you know, the guards that are after me. So and then obviously later on she lets her guard down and when when Gendry says, "Oh, because you're a girl," I'm not a girl. Yes, you are. Yeah. No, get you, if you're not a girl, get your cock out. And then she kind of you know, she, again she she has to, she's then forced to concede that. But again, she's given up far too much too early, and in later seasons she she's not stupid enough to do that. So again, this is a good place for her to start. You know, we saw her being a very innocent, very naive child with you know, delusions of you know, Luke Skywalker playing lightsabers and shit. Um, we had all that, and now she's actually going on her character journey. Yeah. Uh, but she's at the very start where she's so fucking naive; it's unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, and it's yeah, she's definitely got room to grow from it. But it, it does lead to just some really nice interplay between her and Gendry again really light really funny stuff yeah. as I say the way he drops the line yes. of is it because you're a girl is hilarious he just throws it away and then the constant ribbon yeah. then about her being a lady when he actually finds out that she's not just yeah. any girl she's a Stark yeah, she, um, which which yeah. he takes in in good stead and doesn't bat an eyelid but then immediately starts playing up to it well yeah I mean I think the fact that I mean Ned he only met, he only met Ned once and, and Ned died pretty quickly afterwards but I think from his perspective, like, you know, John Aaron was kind to him and didn't really cause him any trouble. Ned Stark was kind to him and didn't really cause him any trouble. And so he doesn't, from the character, he's, he's so unassuming, he doesn't want to be involved, he doesn't want to get involved in the politics of it. So, well, okay, your dad was all right to me, so I'll be all right to you. I don't really give a fuck. You, you stop, you, you cause me problems, then we got a problem. Yeah. And it's just kind of the way his character is, or certainly at this point anyway, is he's just a yeah, right, whatever, fine. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, well, he actually, he actually goes as far as to just turn it on his head and make light of it. You know, she's obviously yeah. very stressed out and frightened, and he turns it on his head. He actually, you know, in his gentle ribbon, he's actually comforting her. The relationship already here is is quite a mm. nice one, and obviously that relationship will develop throughout the show. Um, yeah. But it's already really nice here, the way he's just gently digging her about whether he has to bow and he should never have taken a piss in front yeah. of her and he needs to watch his language and things like that. Um, and he's just yeah. really nice stuff because of course that's the kind of stuff that he knows will really get under her skin and it does because she cannot fucking stand it Yeah. because um, she wants to be one yeah. of the boys but, uh, yeah exactly um, but yeah it, it works quite well um, and I, I think yeah we were talking I mean, about the, the opening scene I think this one's handled really well as well I don't think there are too many complaints about it it's a great scene great great scene I love all the stuff with these guys in this episode um it would almost be the best stuff in the episode if it weren't for one line, which is coming in a bit. Um, but to move on, um, we're back with Theon Cantin Greyjoy. No, the, the first scene he's in, he gets off the boat and there's no fucking welcoming committee. Like, you know, he's been talking himself up to the captain's daughter. And he begins to talk himself up to the, the guy on the dock as well, doesn't he? Like, where's the yeah. fucking banners and streamers, yeah. essentially? Yeah, no, there's no the, the, there's an important cargo on that ship, you know, me. And the guy's like, who the fuck are you? I don't really care. And he's like, no, the um, Baron Greyjoy's only surviving son. Yeah, yeah, and? Yeah, and he doesn't, I mean, this is how fucking stupid he is um, throughout the entirety of the rest of the scene, and he isn't putting together as to why nobody cares that the supposed heir of the Iron Islands yeah. is back. He hasn't worked out why that is, that he may have been replaced, you know? Um, but, yeah, yeah we, we then get to meet Yara. Um, I, we, yeah. I'd forgotten Yara was in it this early. It makes perfect sense, of course, because of the scene that yeah. she has with Theon, which I have never, even throughout subsequently watching the show, I have never been able to get this scene out of my mind. It is just no, no, I, wrong. It's just fucking wrong. I, I thought this came later. So I did thought I. This was 
possibly I thought it was possibly next season, but yeah. apparently not. But yeah, this this season just makes my this this scene sorry makes my skin crawl. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, obviously, this is something that that we've addressed in the show before. You know, incest is something that has already come up in the show, so it shouldn't surprise us. But to actually, it's not just that though. It's just it's he's so creepy about it, and she allows she leads him on. She does. It's this whole thing, especially the bit on the horse where they oh. you know, he's oh. just that oh, fondling her. It's like oh, f- <laughs> I know. It's just like. It's it's, just, oh. it's so un- it's just so uncomfortable. Regardless of the fact that you now we find out later on who she is, it's just so uncomfortable because he's just you know, okay, yeah, okay. She you know she's she's leading them on a bit. She's teasing them a bit with you know, with the words she's saying. But again, it's just he, he very you know, again his attitude to women and in general the attitude towards women in the show is that she is there. She is talking. She hasn't told him no. Therefore, she must mean yes. He's so handsy. He's just so. He's just you no know, hands inside her shirt and hands down, down her trousers yeah. and like for fuck's sake. Down her trousers, so, like, dial it down a bit, mate. And it, it's, I think what makes it worse is it's almost a kind of grubby schoolboy move, isn't it? Just reach around and down yeah, her yeah. trousers. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah, like you said, like oh, she's not saying no, so this is okay. Um, oh, but it, yeah, it's it's implied it, 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 or consent, and it's no, it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing. But I mean, it's the it's the little wry smile as well from her. Like she knows full well what she's doing. She's leading him on, and I don't know, I don't know who's the more fucked up. Um, I I really like Yara as a character, and as the show goes on, I like her more and more and more. I, th- I think she develops a lot more favorably than he does. She does, but I can never even. When she's being fucking awesome towards the end of the show, yeah. um, I can never ever look at her without this scene in my mind. No, it's no. Gross. As I, as I, when I, as I say when I first watched these, as I, I, I watched them. I watched the first four seasons in one go, and I over course for a couple of days, I just binged them. And there, no, there are lots. No, there's lots of scenes in four seasons. This one stuck in my head because, obviously, you find out straight away. Who she is, and it just makes it even. It looks uncomfortable. It looks uncomfortable. It makes you feel uncomfortable as a viewer. But then to go into the sort of scene where you, where, you, where she appears later on, and we find out who she is, it just it then just becomes seared in your mind because, as I say, it's, it's a very potent image, especially that smile on her face. It just becomes ingrained in there, and it's impossible to get rid of. And even to the point where you know, she has a very big part in probably seasons five, six, seven, and eight, less or so in sub two, three, and four. But she has a massive part to play. Mm. And yeah, it's uh, and it's no, it's just totally it's... uncalled for and gives us nothing. Like, I yeah. I, I don't understand other than paying off when they're in the throne room. I don't understand yeah. what it really gives us, and that payoff could have been equally as valid if he was just bigging himself up to her and she was just taking it yeah. on the chin and being like, oh yeah, you're so brave and strong, my lord, or whatever. Yeah, It could have been done much more innocently for the same effect. Like, yeah, and, and I mean, we, you know, we talked oh, about the, the scene yeah. with the captain's daughter earlier on, when again, when he's bigging himself up and he just resorts to fucking right away from Sunday. Take out, take the sex part out, and just have you know the way he's the way he's talking himself about how important he is, how important he is for that for the Iron Isles, how you know they all need him back. Yeah. If he's doing that bit, a you lose that really uncomfortable scene, and b you lose the the incesty part of this, but you still get the same effect. And then I so say she turns up in the throne room, and we find out who she is, and he still looks like a cunt. Yeah. But at least we haven't had to sit through that. Yeah, exactly. You you have the first scene done post coitus, and he's just telling her about it there, so you don't have all of the 3D sex stuff and then 
then yeah, this, like, I mean, even just like, just, just don't have him put his hands down her trousers, I think, and I'd kind of be okay. That's where it really just gets, but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's horrible. I mean, as I say, even without knowing shoes, it's just not a good, uh, not a good aesthetic. Just, just the groping, uh, yeah, just uh, yuck, 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 yuck. Um, everybody involved should be ashamed of themselves. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you the the defense of this. I'll I'll bet any money on it. The defense of this is well, that happens in the book. That doesn't fucking make it right, okay? That that does not. Somebody is still very very warped. And there is, uh, we just don't need this. If it meant something, if it led somewhere, you know, like Jamie and Cersei, that relationship means something, and it has weight, and it has emotional sway, mm. and it actually, it does have some sort of sway over the events in the narrative as well. So that is, yeah, that's you know, right. it's still gross, but it's okay. You kind of go with it. This. It just yeah. has nothing. This is just again, much like Littlefinger looking through the fucking perv hole. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, titillation. It's gratuitous perverse titillation. Um yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Everybody hang your heads in fucking shame. Um Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we get we get the reveal anyway that he's very much not really fucking wanted or needed. He gets dressed down by his dad and it's yeah. great because I love seeing Theon dressed down. Literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, literally, his dad rips it, <laughs> rips his fucking cape and stuff off. So, yeah, and no, and they talk about the fact he's in fucking, he's in skirts and all the rest. Of it. He, he's he's dressed up. He's in all the pomp of a fucking northerner. Um, you know, he's in the same sort of shit that we saw um, the Starks in in the first in the first episode where Robert and his entourage went to King, uh, to Winterfell. So he's he's there dressed up. He's big. He's giving it all this. You know, I'll, I'll command this. I'll do this. I'll do that. And nobody's impressed. Nobody's buying it because they don't want him there. No. irrespective of what he's offering them it's like well yeah you can do that if you want but I'm just going to fucking take Rob's army anyway yeah yeah um, and yeah it's 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 a, it's a good comeuppance for Theon um, he gets a few again the second half of the scene is good apart from yeah. the disgusting shit with Yara like yeah ugh. but again the, the whole again the reveal with her and with no talk about attitude towards women that she enters the throne room and you know she fucking sashays in and wiggling her ass and all the rest of it. And he's a, what I told you to wait outside. How did you even get past the guard? And no, obviously she has a no. She no anything with a cock is easy to fool or whatever it is. And walks straight past him and over to to Balangrejo. And he's the penny still doesn't fucking drop for him of who she is. And again, it's just this whole thing of no. What right have you got to come in here, woman? What are you doing, woman? You can't command an army. You can't command a fleet, woman. You're, you don't have any woman. And it's just constantly repeated that you no, 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 no woman can ever be, no, can ever amount to anything because they don't have it in them. And they no, they should know their role and stay stay in their lane. And he's very much, no, he outright says it in, the, in this, he, you can't command a fleet, you're a woman. Yeah. Or you're a girl, I think he says. And yeah, it's just one of those that, Okay, his, his pride's a bit fucked because you know he's he's come in all the cock of the walk and he's been dressed down and then he's been shown up more than once and basically thrown out with a flea in his ear. But on top of that, he's been replaced by his little sister. Yeah, and that just really grips the shit. Who he's just fingered. Yeah, he he's not a strong enough character, but it, no, he he's not secure enough in his masculinity and his personality to accept the fact that a woman is better than him 
and is more accepted and more respected than he is. He doesn't know how to deal with that because women are objects. Women are things that he fucks. Occasionally he pays for it. Sometimes he doesn't. But women are just there to be fucked. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I think I think he says that in in the scene of the, the captain's door, doesn't he? Our, our wives are, our wives are for, bre- uh, for breeding. Yes, he does. And that's why we take so many salt mares or whatever you call them. Yeah, he's basically saying that, yeah, they, they take multiple multiple wives. Um, yeah. Again, just shitty attitude towards women. Um, but if that's the law of the Iron Islands, then a throwaway line like that, I'll take it is a shitty attitude. But if that's his character and what have you, then I'll take that. Um but when you see it more personally affecting, like you do with some of the women in the show, it, it really does yeah. just feel wrong. Yara is one of the few exceptions that I can think of in that, you know, yeah, there, there are elements of a masculine gaze to Yara, as you say, particularly the way yeah. she sashes into the room and stuff like that. And she's actually shot quite low to begin with. She's all in leather and yes. stuff. But she absolutely owns who she is. Like she wields her yeah. sexuality as a weapon. Um, and you know she makes it clear that she's never really that interested. Um, she's very mission orientated. So yeah, yeah, I think as as far as female role models in this show go, she is one of the better ones. Still doesn't excuse. The Maybe not when she's first introduced. No. Yeah. Um, ick. Yeah. Ick. Yeah. I, I feel we've we've devoted far too much time to this. Okay. Can we can we move on from the yeah? Can can we move on from the the grossest yeah. incest yet, please? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Um. Oh, actually, saying that no, it's not the grossest because you've got Craster fucking all his daughters. That's still worse. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, that's worse. We just don't that's, see that. We don't. We don't see that. Yeah. But it's it's still worse. We just don't see it. But yeah, mm. let's let's move on because yeah. So moving on, we get a brief scene with the Onion Knight uh, recruiting a pirate. Um, it doesn't really add much yep. other than we get a little bit of, of backstory for the Onion Knight and, and the pirate says to him, you know, I'll, I'll sail with you. You're the most honest smuggler I've ever met, which just echoes kind of what we were saying yeah. about him last week, really. Yes, um, yeah. But again, it, it does kind of set up, um, like, no, later on we get a scene with Stannis who says, oh, do you trust him? I've, no, I've, say, I've known him for 30 years. I don't trust him, yeah. but I know him. Um Anyway, again, Davos is honest about it. But um, again, the the pirate will pop up throughout this this uh, season as they're making plans to uh, to get to um, to get to King's Landing. So again, you know, it's 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 an important introduction. But more, it's what's more important in this scene is that we talked about the sort of the slavish devotion to the Lord of Light and also the cultish sort of behaviour of the fo- of the followers. We talked about that last uh, last mm-hmm. week. And Davos's son, he's fucking straight out of the box, isn't he? Oh yeah. He's like, yeah. He's just been completely fucking brainwashed by the fact this woman walks around in low in low cut dresses. Yes, absolutely. He's absolutely besotted with the idea, and I think it's the the idea of you know, the idea of the Lord of Light, and then what she's offering, or what no, he feels is her offering, rather than what you not know, believing what comes out of her thing. But yeah, I mean, he's fucking brand new, isn't he? He's oh, so yeah. special. Totally, um, and and yeah, there is definitely an element of it's not so much the Lord of Light as it is the Lord of Light's vessel. Um, yeah, he will Absolutely. buy whatever she's selling as long as she's wearing a low yeah. cut top. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she could take a shit on his on his coffee table and he'd be fine with it. Uh, yeah, he'd probably be underneath if it was a. Cl- no, I'm not going there. No, not going there. This <laughs> episode's bad enough. I, I, I thought I, I thought I thought I could set that one up. I almost got you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 
But I mean, again, I kind of like um, Davos's response as well. Is that no? He, he, again, he says outright, "No, I don't, I don't have religion. I, I, I'm not mocking you for it. I, if, you, if that's what you want to follow, that's what you want to believe. You do that. You crack on." And that's kind of a sentiment I, I have in life, anyways. That I'm, I, I'm, at best agnostic. Yeah. But if if people want to have faith, if faith gives people comfort, then so be it. I'm all for it as long as it doesn't hurt other people. And that's exactly where Davos comes from. Is that I don't. It's not for me. I kind of have my own path, but you follow yours. You do you. And it really works, and it really sets him up as a really, again, a very wise and a very sympathetic character, which we'll see time and time again throughout the show. Yeah, and, and we do get sort of those nice moments between him and his son here as well, just setting some stuff up here. You know, the son saying, like, oh, I'm, you know, we never know when you're coming back, and do you have to go away? You know, just all of the, the tropey, sort of son of a traveler yeah. kind of things really um but nonetheless yeah, it adds right, some yeah. weight and yeah we we cut away from them briefly uh, and come back to this scene but when we cut away we cut away to what is uh, unquestionably my favorite scene in the show i did say uh, earlier on if it wasn't for some of the stuff that's dropped in this scene the stuff with with gendry and aria would would be my favorite but we get a Tyrion cersei scene again and it's yes. an absolute corker um it's throwaway we could get away without it entirely but the two of them yeah. as we said are so good that they just absolutely make a meal out of it um yeah. so we, we we find out that it was joffrey that gave the order to slaughter the babies yeah. and that cersei doesn't necessarily agree with that but she now cannot control him yeah. she has lost control um and she, she has, and, and not only that. I mean, I mean, she, the one thing she sort of fears overall is that it's losing power. Yes. And okay, at the moment, it's you know, it's vicarious power. It's it's, it's it was power via Robert. Now it's via Joffrey, and she has other children and all the rest of it. So she is clinging on to power. And the fact that she's not the Queen Mother, she's the Queen Regent. Now she's clinging on to this as best she can. But again, Tyrion calls her on it. It's uh, no. yes, and she gives this whole. Yeah, she gives the whole diatribe of, you know, where were you? You were off with father and I had to look after Joffrey and look after the city and it's all fallen on me. Um, to which Tyrion backs yeah. back the absolute line of the show, <laughs> if not the season yes. thus far. <laughs> yeah. She says it's all fallen on me and without missing a beat, he responds, as has Jamie many times, so I understand. <laughs> burn. Sick burn. Absolutely oh. perfect. Um, but again, the the thing I like about the scenes, we go from that to he, there's almost a hint of compassion again with it, where he, you know, she's they're talking about the babies, and she he, he kind of gets that actually she's you no, know, she's not as strong and as as ruthless as she tries to portray. There is a vulnerability to her, especially when it comes to children. And nothing. You know, we we found out in the last season that she had at least one miscarriage um, mm-hmm. with Robert. Um, so I mean we have seen a bit of vulnerability with her especially when it comes to children and again Tyrion tries to not play on that but he tries to engage with her but you know, when that comes out he's not, he tries to just show a little bit of empathy just try and get her on side and she immediately doesn't trust his, his logic and immediately turns it back on him that you know um, it's just you know, oh, you're, you're, you're funny you're, you've always been funny um, no, your biggest joke was when you killed my mother uh, yeah, so that's she does great stuff as well. Your biggest is, joke is when you ripped my mother apart or something yeah, like that. Just yeah, cold, horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. And it's, you've 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 almost had this moment between them, and she can't, she doesn't know how to deal with that. And like we talked last week about how the fact that she had to admit her failings to him. Yeah, it's it's kind of another one where like, I'm not allowing him to see me as vulnerable, as weak, as anything other than 
completely in control. So I'm going to put this back. I'm, I'm going to change this now and put it back on him. He's the problem. He, you know, he is why I'm the way I am. He is whatever, and I will leave it at that because then that then takes the focus off me. That puts it back squarely on him, and I can leave with them with some of my dignity or whatever I should, I should leave it with. So it's it's a beautiful scene, but it again it's it can be completely overlooked. It doesn't really drive anything. Apart from the fact we see that um, Joffrey is now completely out of control. Yeah, yeah. Which you know we'll we'll get that information from other sources. Um, oh yeah, but, many many times over the next couple of but weeks. But this scene was excellent. So you know, thoroughly enjoyed it, and yeah, it gave me for me the line of the show. Um, excellent, hilarious yeah. line. Um, so then we we cut back then to to Stannis, um, and yeah. uh, Melisandre in the in the red room. Uh, in the red room, in the yeah. <laughs> the red lady in the war room, in the yeah, throne room. I mean, it could be the red room with with the stuff that goes down. Um, yeah, well, and yeah. sort of in comes the onion knight and his son. She has a moment with him as well, in which she whispers, "Death by fire is the purest death." Uh, again, you know, this show and its its foreshadowing at times is is excellent. Um, yes, and at times it, it, they hit you with a sledgehammer. Uh, yeah, but in, in all fairness, I mean, as, as a line, it's quite good. And like Stannis, though, why did you tell him that? And instead of saying because I see him dying by fire, it's, uh, 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 death by death by fire is the most glorious death. Why do you say that? Because it is. Duh! Yeah. How fucking yeah. stupid are you? Do I even have to explain that to you? And and yeah, and they just move on from there. I, I think that was very well done. I think her, I think her her performance is far better than his in this scene. She's excellent. Um, Mainly because she gets yeah, them out. She's, but, yeah. she's excellent um, consistently throughout the show. I, I think she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when she has to just turn it on and be this kind of sultry, seductive priestess, essentially, um, she, she's absolutely yeah. superb at it. Um, you, you totally buy that yeah. Stannis is willing to just chuck everything away for her. Oh, yeah. He can, he'll completely throw his marriage away, his family yeah. away, um, because... Yeah. And but again, she's the way she's selling it is that I will give you everything yeah. you want. It's not I'll give you me. It's not we can be this. It's I will give you what you want. You want a son, I'll give you a son. You you want the throne, I'll give you the throne. You have to give yourself yeah. to me. And he again, it's this blind devotion we talk about, this blind faith, where he's just like, okay, fine, great, no, take them. We'll we'll do it right here. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and then no two stroke Tommy, and off he goes. Yeah. He's, he's done. Yeah, didn't last very long, did he? Um, um, now, it's all those chess pieces flying everywhere, and I think yeah, too much room. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, and then we kind of end the episode then back with John, um, who goes sneaking through the woods. Yeah, like, presumably he's on fucking watch or something. Um, I don't know, I mean, no, there's nobody else around, so I'm not sure why he's I, there. I guess so, but he's following somebody through the woods with one of Craster's sons. Now, it is evident in this scene, and I don't know why this has never popped out to me before, as fucking cool and badass as John's sword is, when you're trying to be stealthy, you may as well be carrying a fucking glow stick as a sword with a bright white handle. I did say this when, when yeah. he was given it. It's, it's like, you can see him coming a mile it's off. It's not exactly thing. inconspicuous, is it? Yeah. E- even in the snow, you can see him coming a fucking mile off. Also, no, you get that no, the, you get that o- overemphasized noise you get in TV shows when the sword comes out of the sheath. Now, that's a, no, that's a, sort of almost... Metallic yeah. slashy noise, which I'm fairly sure doesn't happen in real life. I've never pulled a broadsword out of a sheath before, but you know, I wouldn't have thought it's that exaggerated. 
I pull a broadsword out of it. No, I'm not going there either. I can't do it. The, the, the fucking the incest thing has broken me. I can't do it. My innuendo machine is broken. I can't. <laughs> I'm setting them up all over the place. It's not hitting them today. Yeah. I know. I just can't. I can't do it. It's broken me. The, the fucking the Yara thing. I'll be back to normal <laughs> next week, listeners, honestly. But I just can't. I'm just. Oh, no, you won't. There'll be something else next week. There'll be something I mean, else next week. I'm coming to this off the back of fucking Moomin rape as well on, on who wins last week. So. <laughs> I'm still I'm in rehab right now. Okay, I'm I'm in innuendo rehab is the problem. Yeah, dear. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's there, and then you know he he's there, he's running through the snow, and you no, know, he's, he's, he's crunching about no. the snow and on the gravel. He... <laughs> Sorry, I really. Am and he's there. I'm just ignoring that. Oh dear me. Trying to make a point. I, I know. I'm sorry. I just, I, I just have the image now of him wearing like a Santa hat, and he'd be even less fucking, even less fucking, uh, not even more, even more conspicuous. Yeah, making it through the snow with a sack on his back. They probably don't have Father Christmas anyway, do they? Because like they have the, the fucking old gods of yeah. the new or something. They probably have some weird fucking, I don't yeah. know, perverse sex genie who fucking comes down a chimney and spunks in kids' beds or something. I don't know. It's is that not what happens? Oh, is, was that your house Christmas time, was it? Oh, there you go. Sorry. Oh, man. Talk about ruining my fucking childhood. <laughs> Sorry to bring those painful memories up. And all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's there. He, he's, he's running down. You know, he's, he's got his fucking sword. He's waving it. You can't run with swords. There's no fucking cool way of running with a sword. You look like a bellend. No. It, it is impossible to run with a sword out and look cool, isn't it? Yeah, you look like a complete fucking twat. But there he is, and he's, flay- no, yeah. he's flailing his arms around. I'm surprised he'd chop his own fucking legs off. And then, all of a sudden, he, you know, he he, he, no, he hears the baby crying again, and he immediately stops and ducks, takes cover. Yeah, great, fantastic. And then what do we see? A fucking White Walker. Well, sort of, because you see blue of. eyes. You see blue yeah, eyes. I, this is the thing. We've got this case of this mysterious vanishing baby, um, but uh, you see blue eyes. But then you also get these weird sounds that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they made those before, and I don't remember them making those sounds again either. I, th- I think they. I mean, it depends which ones. That, like, if the, you had the ones that were actually the fucking soldiers, the, the soldiers, and the ones that could fight, and you had the ones which were just reanimated corpses. Mm. So it depends what this was. Because I mean, this kind of they, they, it was kind of like creaky and groany, a bit more like a zombie than like a undead knight. So I mean, I think. I mean, at, this, at this stage, we haven't seen him at all, no, apart from that very, very, very first scene like 10 years ago. So, I mean, I think you, they can kind of get away with it because I, I had to watch it twice to see the fucking blue eyes. I knew it was White Walker, so I had to go back and see if you could actually tell because all you see is a silhouette yeah. and hear these noises. And it's only when it stands fully upright and just before it turns and runs away, you see these two fucking blue dot, bright blue dots and then you cut back to John being conked on the head by, by Graster. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it is a White Walker. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. We won't find that out for another two, three two seasons. Years. Um, yeah. This storyline just kind of peters out now for a bit. Um, to the yeah. point where it does come back around, I had to remind myself that this happened at all in the first place the first time I watched it. Yes. Um, yes, I did. I, I, I remember thinking, hang on. I, 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 so I remember thinking when it comes up, I was like, hang on, I know this. Why do I know this? Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't fresh in my mind. It's not as if I was going, "Oh yeah, the baby, the baby." No, none of that. It was just like, "Hang on, this is ringing a bell somewhere." Yeah. Oh yeah, it was about ten fucking years ago. Yeah. When I didn't care. Yeah, but no luck is still done. You know, here it is. We talk about things being seeded. Here it is. Yeah. So, 
Unfortunately, it never does go anywhere, even when it comes back. But here it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of again, I, I, I've always wondered if I missed something because I don't know what happens next with this whole storyline. Is that I don't get the point of it. No, nor do I. It doesn't and, go anywhere. Yeah. So it's weird. Maybe it does in the box. I don't know. But in which case, either well, show it all or show none of it. Well, that's it. I mean, we've talked about how not faithful obsession and stuff like that. There's some things that you need to do. There's some things you don't. But if you start doing it, finish it. If you do, if you if you're not going to finish it, leave it the fuck alone. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's where we end on, on a cliffhanger again. Um, yep. Good episode in general. Aside from the disgusting, yeah, disgusting stuff with with Theon and his general attitude towards women and the just barfarama that is. Theon and, and Yara. Um, and the 3D porn. Yeah, uh, just a, a good episode. Some very, very funny stuff. I haven't laughed this much as an episode in, in a long, long time. Probably since last week, actually. I said I laughed a lot last week as well. But no, this is way funnier than last week's. Yeah, um, I think more this week than last week. Yeah, this is way, way funnier than last week's. Um, really funny episode. The cast are all on fire. Um, and the writing, again, continues to be that much stronger. Save for a few missteps. Um, you know, fucking pervy little finger and and the Yara stuff. Um, yeah, the writing is much much stronger, much more confident. Uh, it set things up nicely as well. You know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so there's good. a lot more of that. In, there's a lot more. We've had it last week as well. There's a lot more of that succeeding and that that muscle foreshadowing than we've with them. We had it the whole of last season. Yeah. So I mean that from that respect, yeah, it's starting to grow a bit. It's starting to find its feet as a show. Starting to get a bit more comfortable now. And I think that's that's only ever going to be a good thing. Yeah, it's good. This this episode gets a thumb and a half up from me. Would have had two thumbs up, but Yara. We've got two thumbs up Yara. Uh, no, 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 no. He only has one. Well, he probably does he get a thumb up there? I don't know. No. He, he, no, I, th- I don't. I think the other one was in a shirt on that. I think I think he's got one finger there at best, judging by the position of his hand. To be honest. Um, yeah maybe two maybe two possibly i don't know uh i mean you'd have to be careful with that maybe. as well she was on a fucking horse like if that thing bucks he's gonna break his fucking hand like i was, I was, I was gonna say there's a couple of broken knuckles in there I, I remember being told a story once of uh, somebody who was giving birth and a, a midwife was checking dilation and the person had a contraction so clenched and broke some fingers Jesus. kind of reminded me of that when i was watching that that's kind of reminded yeah. me I'm not going to say who the who the girl was who told me that story. See, so if nothing else, if nothing else besides being fucking disgusting, it's a health and safety fucking nightmare. Seriously, like, what is he thinking? Yeah, who thought incest is bad? Yeah. Who thought incest was a bad idea? Honestly, come on. Honestly, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, on, on that note, on on the creepy incest, what better place <laughs> to leave this episode? I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, I, I had a similar um, experience to the episode. I, th- I thought it was a good, overall it was a good episode. There were some bits I really didn't like, um, as I've shuddered too many times through this throughout this show. Um, but yeah, I think it was good. I think we're moving in the right direction. I think that some things are going to become a bit clearer in the next couple of weeks. Some st- some characters are start going to really sort of come into their own. And yeah, I think it just serves a. It, it does. It's it does a far better job of moving the season along than last week did. So I think yeah, it's a, it's a big improvement. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, um, if people disagree with that or agree with that or have no opinion one way or the other, get in touch. Let us know. Um, always happy to. Um, always happy to engage one way or the other. Uh, Gom at ddpodcast.net. You can find us on Facebook with Level on Podcast Network, on Twitter at ddpodcast.net. 
Um, but yeah, get in touch. Let us know your thoughts. Um, please don't share incest stories because we don't want to know. Um, but yeah, until next time. Game over. <laughs>